Thank you, Bella. Appreciate it as always. Welcome back to another edition of the Soccer Specialist Podcast. Uh, apologies for not getting an episode out last week. Things got a little hectic, but now we're back on track. I want to talk about just a few different things today instead of going in-depth into one one topic. I have a couple of things on my mind. First, one of the things I was thinking about again, and we've touched on this in the past, is that one of the big problems I've noticed with youth soccer development that's completely on the adults is that players have a real fear of messing up. They have a real fear of making mistakes, whether it's just letting their teammates down or their coach down or their parents down or what have you. And I'm here to tell you players, you cannot be afraid of making a mistake. Never be scared of making a mistake because that's how you learn and improve. And it's not just soccer, it's everything you do. You'll never get good at anything from math to a musical instrument to simply learning how to walk to soccer without making a lot of mistakes along the way, especially soccer. Soccer is a sport of mistakes, unlike many others. But And to that point, coaches and parents, please, please, please constantly encourage your players to try new things every practice to let them know that you're going to make a mistake at mistakes as you get better. You're not going to be able to learn and do more difficult tasks and uh, more difficult skills without messing up a lot. Praise it when it happens, even if the result in the immediate uh, time frame might be a train a train wreck. There's a reason we don't see a lot of 1v1 moves tried out in, uh, in youth soccer, and that's because players are afraid to try them. They're afraid to try them in practice, even when they get a lot of encouragement. It's not natural. I've had a lot of players, just in conversations I've heard from players, and not necessarily saying it to me, that in 1v1 situations, they'd rather be the defender. That blows my mind. I mean, that's the, the best thing out there is to be in a 1v1 situation where you have the ball but a lot of players today they don't have that mentality and that's on us as adults so i'm telling you players forget about us <laughs> and play the game and try new things that's how you're going to become a better player look we can't expect our players to be dynamic and creative instead of simply one touch predictable robots if we don't give them an environment of freedom and support and encourage them to try new things with the ball you can't be great if you don't make mistakes and mess up a lot first. That's how it works. How's a player ever going to pull off a double scissor or that cheeky little blind heel pass in the in the final third in a game if we don't give them the freedom and support to know it's okay to mess up, if they aren't trying it in practice first, if they aren't doing these things on their own? So parents, it's important to support the the good coaches in this, the coaches that do encourage that type of creativity, that do let the players know it's okay to make mistakes, that mistakes are going to happen. We just have to learn from them and improve and move from there. And just because a mistake may look awful in the current moment, it does not mean that it's not a great thing for the player's long-term development. Now, moving on from that, speaking of development, a simple way to accelerate your development is attention. And I know this is going to sound simple, but it, from what I see, it's it's very, very difficult to, for players to understand this, for players to put this into practice. But you must put all your attention into what you are doing, whether it's a simple foot skill pattern on your own, a simple technical passing drill, shooting, you know, rondos, whatever, heading, whatever it may be. You need to give it your undivided attention. You need to be mentally engaged. You need to be focused on what you are doing. From what I see out there, that is one of the biggest missing elements in youth soccer. Is players simply are they're not there mentally, and they're going through the motions physically. And that's why they struggle to improve, because the mental game is just as important when you're learning a new skill, when you're when you're working on something. This is why you see, even in, in passing drills with 
good players when there are no there's no defense way too many mistakes simple five yard passes that they're hitting in the air they're not taking a, a good first touch and that's because they're really going through the motions they're not there in what they're doing mentally it's amazing how rare this is among players and and it's one of those things really as you you gain experience as a coach or even a parent in in watching and is it's one of the things you know when you see it but you know when they're going through them. You know what it looks like. And, and sometimes it can be really subtle. And I had a great example uh, last week, actually, in a, in a drill we did. Simple uh, circle, two players in the in the middle. This is you, can, you should do this with all players. It's kind of, it, you could think of it as geared to center mids because they really need to, to know 360 around them uh, more so than a lot of other players. And you simply have two players in the middle, each with a ball. They pass to a player on the outside. As soon as they do that, they turn and they go locate the outside player who had received the other ball, and they receive that. So they're working. It looks really good when they get into a rhythm. And in order to get into a rhythm, players in the middle have to have their head on a swivel. They have to make good, accurate passes, and they have to move, go receive the other ball quickly, turn, make a good, accurate pass. So you're limiting touches, good first touches, being aware and all that. But anyway, we were going through the motions. I mean, I could tell, and I could really tell when – my keeper got in the middle of all players, and you could just see a complete difference in the quality of the play because she was mentally focused on what she was doing more so than the other players. She was giving it her undivided attention, which meant she was on her toes. She was quicker to turn and locate the other ball. When she received the pass, the quality of touch was better, and this was all mental. And that is definitely what's missing from a lot of players. So players, please, it, and it takes time and it takes effort. If you struggle with this, it takes time and effort to put it into practice, just like anything physical. And when you come out of a practice, practices should be more difficult than games. When you come to practice, even if it's a, a, a technical practice where it's not, a, you're not physically exhausted, you should be mentally exhausted. It's tiring to put your mental focus into one thing and really pay attention to what you're doing. It takes its toll on you mentally, okay? So you'll notice it when you're doing it, all right? So that is not as easy as one would think is my point. It's something you need to practice that will make a huge, huge difference to, to your uh, development. Moving on, but start sort of going along with that and talking about the mental aspect and getting into preparation. I believe it was uh, the, the legendary uh, Alabama coach, Bear Bryant, from way back in the day, who said, uh, I don't know that I have this exact, so I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he basically said that everyone has the will to win. Very few have the will to prepare to win, and that's what makes the difference. And I've seen that with teams. I know teams that go out and they, they give everything, everything they have on game day. They never give up, no matter the score. They're always playing hard but they're not putting in the preparation in order to keep developing and competing with the teams that they're playing. And yet preparation, preparing, that is the key to development, which is the key to winning. It really is true that champions are made in the offseason. Training should be harder than games. And as I mentioned, I see a lot of players who play hard and dig, dig deep in games, but they don't have the same drive to do so in training. They don't have the same drive to prepare for the games, and, that's, and it's holding them back. And it's keeping them from reaching their potential. It's keeping them from developing at the rate at which they should develop. Okay? And this is also key, and I talked about this a little bit before, but it follows on. Another important part of preparation, preparation breeds confidence. I have so many people that that's the topic they come to with me with. So many parents that talk about how their player is struggling with their confidence. One of the ways to become more confident is to simply prepare. 
when you've put in the time and effort to prepare and you know you've done everything you can do and you're out there getting touches on the ball on your own you're out there banging the ball against the wall to work on your first touch you have every reason to step on the pitch with all the confidence in the world and that is going to elevate your play dramatically it feeds on itself preparation confidence confidence you want to you want to prepare even more because you're seeing the results from that and you get better and better and better olympics coming up right i believe it gets so confusing with this past year but i believe they're on um, track to be played this summer right so ever watch an olympian win gold you think they sat around to the olympic competition or they sat around to the olympic trials no way the gold winning medal winning performance was the culmination of a lifetime of hard work and preparation they put in the time and they put in the effort and they set goals and they focused and gave attention to what they were doing when they were doing it and then what you're seeing is the end result. You're not seeing everything, the blood, sweat, and tears that went into it. Uh, speaking of a champion is made in the offseason, one of my favorite quotes is from uh, Anson Dorrance, a uh, UNC coach who saw Mia Hamm one time out on her own in the park. And he said, the vision of a champion is someone who is bent over, drenched in sweat, at the point of exhaustion when no one else is watching. 100% true. 100% true. That is preparation. That's the thing no one sees. And it's what no one sees that makes champions. And uh, just give a shout out because he's a local guy that everybody knows. And that's Kobe Bryant. He was the ultimate gym rat. Kobe Bryant was always, always, always playing. Always playing, okay? He was always out there putting in the work. So to that point, working on a move or a pattern just enough to get it. That's not enough. Doing the ball work and never really in, in improving on the speed or quality of what, what you've just learned, it's not enough. So to that point, here's something you, very useful for physically that you can go out and do. It's my double progression ball skill secret. So when it comes to ball skill progressions in soccer, I talk about getting good before getting fast. And I like to use a, a musical instrument. Think about learning a musical instrument. You need to get the technique correct, right? If you're always doing it wrong, your, your fingers are going to learn to do it wrong. And that means going slow on your fingering exercises. Maybe you're, you know, you're running scales up and down the guitar or what have you. If you're constantly messing up, your body's going to learn that. However, if you always go slow enough to be perfect, you'll never get faster, right? And then when you ever try to, to speed up a little bit to, to play something correctly in a song, you're messing it up. So you also have to try and keep getting faster until the speed you hit as you messing up frequently then you slow it down a bit until you get it right and over time as you keep doing this this push and pull between correct and faster you start getting it right at a little faster tempo right so on a musical instrument you can start playing whatever it is you're playing a little faster you know with ball skills you can start doing whatever ball skill pattern it is a little faster and the quality is still there right it's, a, it's the same thing with ball skills as i talked about with the musical instrument and look you may example again you may have just learned basic uh, bells or some call them side to sides or foundations or what have you nail the technique do them well then slowly speed up keep speeding up until you're making mistakes slow back down and do it right and i don't necessarily mean this is even just one session you do this over time okay and over time and sessions you gradually get better and faster both your quality and your speed is going to improve now look i know there's a lot of different uh, patterns and variations and you can't do them at 
um, certain speeds, but everything can be done a little bit faster, right? And some are some are tough to drill slow. You know, you do the Matthews, you have to have a little bit of speed to it. I mean, you can kind of break it down though, okay? You can, you know, the first part is the, the touch and the hop. Do just that, take a little touch and hop so you know where you feel comfortable with that plant foot. And then, and then it becomes just tucking that foot around and, and going the other way. But you can actually even slow that down a little bit, okay? So it's a double progression. Slow and quality, speed it up till, you, till you're messing up too much, slow it back down. It's that double progression to get you both the quality and the speed of the touches on the ball. Okay, now, one last thing I want to leave you with. Uh, we talk about a lot about the important parts of your game that don't require great athleticism, vision, awareness, moving off the ball, communication, all that stuff. All true. All true. But, and, and that's how you can be a great player without being the biggest, fastest, strongest. But the simple fact is great soccer players are great athletes too. It is, it is an incredibly difficult sport. If you're looking at any type of, of physical measurement, endurance, speed, agility, quickness, soccer is right at the top. Really, in, in some of those things, the only thing that beats out soccer is the, the pure um, pure events. Like for speed, okay, I'll, I'll give it to the 100-meter uh, sprinters, right? But in team sports, soccer. Uh, you know, soccer is right up there in all those. And let's add in the fact that you're doing all these things with a ball and your feet and 22 players constantly moving. It's a lot easier to catch a ball with your hands than it is uh, with your feet. I think we, all soccer players can agree on that, okay? So you do need that athleticism too. Soccer requires the speed, the acceleration, the agility, the change of direction, the quickness. And look, even a decent vertical jump, whether it's for a keeper, it's for um, center backs and strikers that need to win a lot of balls out of the air. And honestly, I won't get into the details of it now, but that vertical force that you put in for a decent vertical jump that is very, very important to your sprint speed as well, believe it or not, especially your acceleration, which is huge in soccer. It's much more important to be faster over 10 or 15 yards in soccer than it is to be faster over 50, 60, 70. That is 100% true, and you can greatly improve upon that 10, 15-yard acceleration. Look, and if you have that advantage naturally, you want to keep it. If you struggle with it, you want to improve it, right? And you absolutely can. And let me tell you about the dirty little secret your club doesn't tell you technical and athletically. If you want to become a great soccer player, you can't just show up to your team practices. You must follow a training program in addition to what you do with your club. Your club is not enough. Average athletes train with their, their teams. Elite athletes train on their own. They follow a, a training program, not only for their technical skills, but their speed, agility, quickness, athleticism, all that. And Look, we're not talking about hours and hours. I know there's a lot of soccer as it is, but you don't need to do that. If you're doing the right thing, it can be a 30-minute session, okay? And it can be a couple times a week, maybe more in, in the uh, off-season. Not that there is a huge off-season in soccer. To that point, I did want to let everyone know, finally, Impact Soccer Performance is ready. I've released it to the general public. The holiday deal with the secret link is no longer available there. And I just want to tell you a little bit about it here as we wrap up the podcast. The whole point of Impact Soccer Performance is to help you improve all of the athletic traits that you need to be a better player. Your acceleration, your change of direction, speed, agility, things like that. When you become a better athlete, it makes the game a little easier. It allows you to do more with those technical skills you've developed, with the 
soccer IQ that you've developed, your vision and awareness and things like that. You'll have you to win more 50-50 balls because you're quicker. You're faster over those shorter distances. You get to that ball a little quicker than the opponent. Those 50-50 balls you were losing, now you're going to win them. You'll be able to track down the through balls that were just out of reach. Help your team create more opportunities. Bigger opponents aren't going to be able to knock you off the ball as easily. You'll be able to shield it longer. You'll be able to keep the ball and make a positive play for your team instead of turning it over. And, of course, you'll also be able to knock bigger opponents off the ball and uh, get the crowd gasping in wonder as you take it away and start a counterattack for your team. You know, you're, you're going to be able to beat defenders and be gone. No more getting caught from behind. So, you know, every time you step out on the pitch, training, game, tryouts, you stand out, you get noticed because you're more involved. Because the truth is, soccer players are high-level athletes, and soccer keeps evolving. The speed of play, technically, physically, it's getting quicker, it's getting faster. Athletic traits like speed, agility, quickness, change of direction, power, more and more of that are seen in the modern game. And soccer players are getting bigger, faster, stronger more explosive every day and so you need to keep up with that in order to be competitive if you're not improving your athleticism you're falling behind in today's games and so look the reason i created impact soccer performance is simple help you become a better soccer player too many talented players are getting left behind because they aren't standout athletes to coaches who simply want an easy way to win games at the youth level right they never get a chance to grow and develop as players because coaches don't take a look at them. Coaches don't give them a chance. Because they're losing the ball when they're younger to, to bigger, faster athletes. And it's a shame that it's happening, but it is happening. I don't want it to happen to you. Okay, so I created Impact Soccer Performance to give you an athletic edge you need to show off your smarts and skills. So I, I highly recommend, if you're at all interested in becoming a better player, please just take a minute and check out the page at uh, impactsoccerperformance.com. And um, just take a look at it. You'll learn a few things. You'll learn some myths in athletic development, some things that might help you. And that is it. I just wanted to mention that. Once again, I really do appreciate all of you that listen to this podcast and those of you that spread the word and say, hey, you know, go check this out. This might help you or might help your player or what have you. It, it, it means a lot. Without you, there is no podcast, that's for sure. And if you play this weekend, good luck. Hopefully you'll drop a, you'll drop a note in the Facebook group that I'm sure you belong to. Other than that, once again, I do really appreciate you listening, and I will talk to you later. Mm -hmm.